You're listening to the Business as Usual podcast, your weekly discussion of all things business, finance, and personal finance. And now, here's your host, Jason Hughes. Hey guys, and welcome to the Business As Usual podcast, episode nine this week. Um, And I'm here as usual with Matt. Matt, how are you doing this week? Yeah, good. Had a quiet week, Um, record another video, and just pretty much relaxed this week. It was really nice, actually. What about yourself? Yeah, I had the opposite week. (laughs) I had some exams at uni, so back-to-back exams, so lots of studying, but that's over now, so been able to relax yeah, this weekend. God. Yeah, I finished my my last exam was Saturday morning, and it's now Sunday afternoon. So I've had like thirty six hours or so of um, relaxation. <laughs> You're talking in hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I'm back to work no. tomorrow morning, and then um, I've got a got an assignment due in on Tuesday. Yeah, I was so, going to say, how's ne- next week looking for you? Um, pretty good. Um, got some family coming over next weekend. Um, but um, yeah, no assignments or anything. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah, that is good. Um, anyway, this week um could have could have used the uh what we're talking about today this week. Um, that's <laughs> Red Bull. Um, <laughs> didn't realize that. I didn't go and well, buy any. Well, it is one of my favorite drinks. So yeah, oh, it is. I mean, I do yeah. I do use it at night shift actually. Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. Not yeah, sure if it's so, best for me, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's brilliant for you. <laughs> um, I think more from the, the just the sugar content yeah. in there. It's probably not good for you. I don't think the caffeine and taurine and stuff is like that bad for you. Oh, well, I get the sugar-free, so I'm all good then, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you just get cancer from the sugar replacement that they've got in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about Red Bull this week. Um, and just it's a really, really interesting company. I was having a conversation with someone at um, work on Tuesday or Wednesday, and we were just talking about the the company and how they their product, which is like the energy drink, and I've actually got one here um, that I'm going to drink during the episode. Um, <laughs> so I'm I, do I a review. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll do a review of the taste a little bit later, um, and we'll see if it works. We'll see if I get more lively through the episode. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about how the product of Red Bull isn't the Red Bull drink, and it's kind of really strange. And so I thought we would have a talk about the history of the company. And um, yeah, well, it's only been around for you know, a few decades now as Red Bull. So yeah, it's, it's taken um, over quite rapidly. Yeah. And it's like, while it's been around for like only a few decades, it's also like, I think that's quite unusual for a, a carbonated drink company. That's not Coke or Pepsi. Yeah. I was going to say like, how to, long has Coke, Coke been around for? Coke has been around for a very, very long time. Because um, I would say like Red Bull doesn't have any sort of wet, like near the market share that Coke has, and they're kind of in different no. markets. But the the prominence of the actual brand itself, I would say, is on par. Like 
most people know oh, yeah. about Red Bull, most people know about Coke. Like, yeah. Uh, and what's the, really interesting is that I don't think Coke have made an entry into the energy drink market. I'm surprised they haven't actually. Yeah, and like it kind of speaks to the power of Red Bull's brand. Yeah. That Coke haven't tried it because you would you'd assume like I think Coke has been around. Um, I'll look it up. So Coke has been around. The Coca Cola company, at least, has been around since 1892. Yeah. So a very long time. It's a dinosaur. And it's actually yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, learning about the the history of soft drinks in general. I actually went like, to I went to the Coca Cola factory in, uh, not the factory. Sorry, it's like a museum type thing. Yeah. Uh, in the US, and. Yeah, it was really interesting to see sort of how they come about and the development of the soft drink itself. Like you used, yeah. to, used to have these tiny little shots of flavoring, I think, and then yeah. you would add water in um, yeah. before they and actually you would mixed go it together. To, you would go to, like when it first started, it started by um, a guy, I don't know his first name, but his last name was Schweppes, which is like the Schweppes brand was kind of, a derivative of his company like hundreds of years later and you would go to well a soda fountain is what it was called essentially um a bar yeah you can think of it as a bar but you would get a carbonated drink and back then they would because this is you're talking sort of early 1800s i think and they would put some some interesting things inside your carbonated drink um, <laughs> because the problem with it back then is like if you have a carbonated drink, you need to be able to seal it. Otherwise, it's going to go flat. Um, so you basically had to go and drink the carbonated drink at the soda fountain. Or well, I think pharmacies also got got into it at one point. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure you were, you were able to buy Coke in the early days at... Yeah, pharmacies. Yeah, and like the whole the whole story about Coke having cocaine in it at one point um, <laughs> is actually I don't know if it's true for Coke, but ab- like definitely for richer people, they would be putting cocaine into their um, carbonated drinks when they went to the soda fountain. <laughs> um, so, and like, um, I think. I think Coke does have something to do with cocaine, but it's not obviously got any cocaine in it, um, but it uses the plant in some way. Yeah, okay. Uh, but anyway, like Coke is obviously, it's one of the most valuable brands in the world. Yeah, it's um, massive. And I was I was surprised too, like it's it's very different to Red Bull, where Red Bull has only one product line. Coke has, yeah. you know, hundreds of products. I I didn't actually know, but they had specific products for even countries yeah. um, that you weren't able to buy anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was actually able to taste all that and, yeah, got a bit of a sugar high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was just surprised at how many products Coke actually had on the market. Yeah, they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of products. Um, and things, yeah, like Coke is a, a giant company. And so entering into the like sort of drink space is a momentous challenge. Yeah. Like coming up with something that people will buy over Coke. 
And so energy drinks is an interesting one. It's been around it's been around for a very, very long time. But originally the energy drink was sort of aimed at the upper class. Yeah. And it was something that was aimed at office workers and um like bankers and like back then they weren't really like traders working at desks so yeah but like that sort of a person yeah who needed an energy boost and like more mental focus and whatnot i thought it was interesting what they called it too like they called it energy tonics so it kind of it kind of makes it sound as though it's like medication almost yeah and if you look at some of the um some of the original energy drink bottles or cans they were sold in cans and bottles they look very sort of medicinal yeah um i'll see if i can find it i'll quickly send it to you i think it was called one of them like what the biggest one in the world or at least in in the um in thailand which is where red bull comes from i was actually is i actually seen their little containers over there when i was over in thailand last they yeah. they had they do look medicinal like they have uh, these tiny little it's almost like cough syrup type containers um, yeah that they're, they're tiny they would only hold probably I think they were three ounces about ninety mils and that's how big the actual size of the drink was I was really shocked yeah. and those little little glass things yeah so if you look up um, it's called Lip, Lipovitan D which is it's a Japanese energy drink and like like you said it's these little bottles um i can't see on this picture that's 100 mils so yeah like you yeah so it would be like three ounces and you can buy them in 10 packs yeah and yeah so you and like that was the most popular uh, energy drink in thailand at the time um that we're talking about and that's sort of talking about sort of the 1950s to 1970s yeah. um in thailand and Thailand, through most of the 20th century, was a very poor country. Like, most of the people would make, like, $2 a day. Yeah. Apart from in Bangkok, people are, like, extremely poor. And so, the you couldn't really sell too much to those people. But a guy called his... I'm going to butcher his name, unfortunately. Um, his name was Chalio Yavidya was born in he's born in 1923 and he's he's his family i found this quite funny his family were duck herders okay um, <laughs> duck like, herders. I, don't, I don't i don't know why you'd ever want to herd ducks but <laughs> like this is this is something people did in thailand um and so he like the that's standard sort of path for children or what they wanted to do was move into the city once they came of age and then start their own company or whatever and make some money, like move out of the farms. Yeah. Um, And this is what he did. He went and he started a company called TC Pharmaceuticals um, and would have made some sort of um, probably like headache medicine or whatever he was making. And that was in about 1970. And what he noticed at this point, he'd worked for his brother at a pharmacy his brother owned a pharmacy and he'd worked there for however many years and what he realized was that there was a way that 
all of these medicinal sort of energy drinks were completely targeted at these rich people who went into an office every day and then came home and they like would have had servants and whatnot and someone would have cooked for them so they didn't need the extra energy the people who needed the extra energy were like the people where he came from who were working in the fields and herding ducks (laughs) Um, and so he realized that if he could make an energy drink that was marketed at the average Thai person, that it could be quite popular. Yeah. Um, and so he, having an, a knowledge of chemistry and whatnot, he figures out how to make an energy drink. And the energy drink Red Bull that we have now is very similar to the one he came up with. I think the main difference is that Red Bull is now carbonated. Back then, he wasn't carbonating it. Okay. Um, and he, an interesting little um, tidbit is that the main ingredient in Red Bull is taurine. And obviously, taurine sort of is a derivative of the, the Latin word taurus, which is sort of related to bulls. Um, but... The taurine, taurine isn't called taurine because it was made like it's in Red Bull, um, which is a misconception okay. around some parts of the internet. Um, it's just called taurine because I think they were first able to isolate it from like some sort of um, bodily fluid from a bull. Yeah, I think I seen, um, what was it, somewhere on the internet during my research that someone was saying how Red Bull has bull's testicles uh, in the yeah. actual formula. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a misconception that taurine <laughs> comes from bull semen, but that's completely <laughs> false. Um, we actually generate taurine in our bodies, like, normally. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that, that's one of these things. And, like, so there's, like, a whole big conspiracy that, oh, Red Bull's called Red Bull because... Yeah, it is know, quite a powerful image, though, there. like, having having um, taurine, the Taurus, like, in line with your, with your yeah. brand. Yeah, like, that, that's kind of really lucky. Yeah. And I don't know if that's... Um, I don't think it's the reason why he, he chose the name. It actually... Um, it wasn't called Red Bull to start with. It was called Kratting Dung, or Kratting Dang, however you say it. Yep. Um, which kind of translates to red gore. And the gore is essentially a bull. Um, yep. It's technically what you call a bovine. Um, and they're like these giant big bulls that weigh like 3,000 pounds and stand like two meters high. Jeez. Um, and that's what the on the front of, I think... On the front of the Red Bull can now, we've got a more sort of Western. It's a more generic, generic looking bull. Yeah, but I think on the original can, it was more of the, the gall that you get in Thailand. And obviously, they're using these bulls to pull their plows and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so it's, a, it's an image of like the working class, the, the, like the gall. And so he started focusing all, all his marketing on the rural areas in Thailand. Um, and this is where we kind of see the, the start of Red Bull's marketing strategy now. 
um, which was he went and sponsored local Muay Thai events. And so obviously Muay, Muay Thai is um, one of the most popular sports in Thailand, um, much like um, other, I think, is it karate or taekwondo that comes from Japan? Yeah. That it's like a very like integral part of the culture. Muay Thai is the same thing in Thailand. And throughout the 1970s, Muay Thai actually becomes like globally popular. And they start to become like international events and whatnot. And the Krasing Dung company was able to sponsor a lot of these international events. Um, and so there's there's pictures of um, like the boxing style pants that the fighters would wear that are all in the like red, blue and yellow sort of colors of um, Red Bull or Krasing Dang. Um, and it kind of throughout the 1970s when Muay Thai was taking off and Krasing Dang was taking off, um, the Thailand also started going through a very very rapid economic growth phase um, and obviously now it's like i think the 11th biggest con- economy in the world really um yeah like wow. it's like thailand is significant now but in the 1970s it was like completely insignificant um and so it's kind of interesting timing because the like Krasing Dang starts at the beginning of the 1970s and by 1977 I think it's the second most popular drink in Thailand Um, and obviously so it's growing with it grows within the Thai economy to become a very popular drink in Thailand but then Thailand also grows very rapidly so it pulls the drink with it and this is where we get sort of the um, more traditional story of the the Red Bull history. So actually, if you go on the Red Bull website, it's a little bit difficult to get to, but there is a page on the Red Bull website which talks doesn't really mention the whole Thai history of Red Bull. Um, it mentions a guy called Dietrich Mateschitz um, and Austria as where Red Bull comes from. Yeah, so that's pretty much when he sort of stepped in. Yeah, so he steps in late 70s, but essentially what he did was he went over to Thailand for um, a non-official business, if you get get my drift. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like this guy's not particularly, um, he's not particularly smart in a normal like academic way. Uh, it took him something like 10 years to graduate from university. Um, and he was working several jobs along the way. And during, I think during the time that he went to um, Thailand, he was working in a in a pharmaceutical company. And that company was later acquired by Procter & Gamble. Uh, but he... The story goes that he's in an airport and he's very tired and he picks up this um, crossing dang drink because it's the most popular one and prominently displayed on the shelf. And he tries it and he loves it. And so he develops a bit of an addiction for it. And so in 1984, 
Mataschitz approaches Charlie, the original creator, and offers him um, some money. It was on. It was in the millions. I'm not quite sure what the amount was um, to create an Austrian branch of the company, so that they could bring the drink to uh, to Austria and ultimately to Europe. Where did the guy get all this funding from? Was it? It was it solely. I fr- from my reading, I I thought I seen that it like he pretty much solely funded it, and he was he basically had pennies left uh, after after funding it himself. Yeah, that's yeah. I didn't see any information about funding coming from him, so he must have done it by himself. I'm pretty sure he done it by himself, which was so, what was so amazing, also. Yeah, like he's kind of bet everything on this. Yeah, yeah. And as we'll see, Red Bull is very like the the marketing of it is very very capital intensive. Um, so he he realizes that he needs to make it appealing to Europeans. And what we have to understand about Europe is that people have an answer to energy, and it's coffee. And obviously, coffee is a a drink. Obviously, it, it comes from Africa, but through France and through Italy and like even Germany, coffee is a it's a cultural thing. Um, and the history of coffee is actually very very interesting, but it's a very cultural thing in these countries, and so. There's, there wasn't really a need for energy drinks um, in the culture like there is in Thailand. And so he needed to have another a sell for it, another sell for it. So he turns into a party drink, essentially. Um, so like drink this while you're um, out on a night out and you'll stay awake for longer. Yeah. Um, so you can party longer. Yeah, you're basically drunk, um, drunk and alert at the same time. Which is, yeah, which is different. Yeah, so he um, this 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 is the the way he sends it, and so he makes he's the one who decides to carbonate it, which is why we have carbonated Red Bull right now. Um, and the other challenge in the nineteen eighties is you're seeing like the the traditional advertising becoming less popular. Um, and I would assume through the nineteen eighties, you're looking at things like. The Cold War is going on, so you've got obviously governments heavily advertising different ide- like political ideologies and like all this stuff. So traditional advertising is starting a decline during the 1980s. Obviously, traditional advertising, like the main era for that, is like the the 50s and 60s, like Mad Men era, where you have very rich people working in advertising agencies and. They are um, they're making a lot of money doing these crazy advertising campaigns for um, like cigarette companies and whatnot. Um, if you like, Mad Men's a really good show. If you want to sort of watch a bit of that happening, a very dramatized version of that. And so he does something interesting in that he goes and finds students who own VW Beetles or Mini Coopers. And he pays them to paint their car in the colors of Red Bull and put a big Red Bull can, like, on the back of the car. I mean, as students, like, you've got no money, so sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. And so he does this, and then he also turns those students um, and he hires them to work as what he called brand managers. Um, And 
essentially the job of the brand manager was to throw a big party and hand out <laughs> Red Bull for free. You, you put that on your resume as a brand manager, uh, <laughs> whereas yeah. not knowing to the actual employer, you've just been throwing parties. <laughs> yeah, but what's really interesting is this is very similar. Like when I was looking at this, where you've got normal people being hired by the company to promote the product is very similar to what we're seeing now with like um, affiliate marketing and like influencers on Instagram. Um, mm, that's and true. Like where they're saying like, oh, here's this product. And like the whole idea of the marketing is to see a person that you relate to using the product. Um, whereas before, before this time, the marketing is about an ad campaign that doesn't necessarily use celebrities like we see now. This kind of comes out of Red Bull. Um, but the marketing back then was about coming up with a catchy tagline and yeah. sell, like selling That's the more, product. I was, I was trying to convince you that, yeah, their product was superior to the others. It was just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like trying to convince... Yeah, like trying to sell the product to you with a, like a catchy tagline. Um, and they would like to design a poster or design like a short ad or whatever. This is the, this was on its way out. And he figures out that, well, if we're handing out cans of Red Bull, people get to try it. We're creating a brand around it. So you've got like these, like, there's really cool pictures of like these brand managers and they would have like big backpacks with like the backpack would be a Red Bull can and inside that big Red Bull can, you've got all these actual Red Bull cans, they would be able to hand them out. And so it creates a culture around the drink. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what the drink is. It's just like, it's, that's the culture. Like if you're drinking Red Bull, like you're part of. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very crowd. smart too. Like it's in terms of capital to actually run that, that the cans themselves surely don't cost that much to produce. No. Especially because, you know, that they are getting produced in Thailand, the flavoring. Yeah. So you would think that would be pretty cheap to produce. And if you would compare that to like your traditional advertising, like your TV campaigns or something like that, sure, it's probably a little bit more expensive per person. But the, the difference, like just seeing it on TV versus actually having it in your hand and tasting it, it's yeah. completely different. Like... Yeah, and it, it it's also you're going to this party and you think about like you're going with your friends and you're you're all trying the Red Bull and then like if like so your friends all like the Red Bull and like you want to stay in that group and you want to be yeah. part of this like crowd that's going to these parties and whatnot, you've got to like the Red Bull. Yeah, and you associate so, it with a good time too. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very clever. And... It. I was looking at the growth of it. It was insane. Like in the first year that they were in Austria, they sold a million cans. Yeah. By 1997, when it launches in the US, it was selling a million cans a day. Yeah. Wow. Which <laughs> that is that's an insane amount. Yeah. Well, I've got um, I've got a growth rate here. This is for the UK, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but in 1996, they had 6 million cans. Yeah. And then that grew to 300 million cans by 2006. So the year-on-year -year growth rate for Red Bull in the UK was uh, 
42.7%, which is, it's mental. That's insane. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you've got this, first off, you've got this sort of affiliate marketing kind of um, model where they, they're handing out the free cans. And you still see this in energy drinks. You still see this happening um, where on, like on university campuses, often you'll see just like randomly you'll be walking along like the main walk of the university campus and there'll be a not usually i haven't seen red bull do it but i've seen monster do it and v do it where they'll be like just standing there'll be like two random people standing there just handing out free cans yeah they had him at they had him at our o week uh this year too they were just i'm pretty sure it was v or red bull it was one of them and they just had a tent set up with just free free cans like yeah. unlimited free cans for as many people that wanted it you could have as many as you want it was just yeah. come by and take some yeah and it's quite interesting that like red bull kind of invented this or um uh, massa shits kind of invented this and it's it seems completely backwards because you're trying to sell cans you're tr- like essentially your business you're, you're selling cans of this stuff but you're giving them away as you're marketing yeah as your way of marketing and obviously that's not really sustainable so they had to think of something else another way of branding themselves and so Mathershitz comes up with sort of his second like brilliant marketing idea which is essentially organizing sporting events and particularly extreme sporting events so you can see he brands himself as one on one side you've got the party drink uh, brand on the other side you've got the extreme sports brand and so you've got in 1991 the first one launches um with the red what's called red bull flug tag um and this actually came to sydney earlier this year it's quite quite a fun event essentially you have participants from all over the world come and they build like these homemade flying machines and they like it's takes place over a large body of water and they build a ramp and the team of like four people build this like ridiculous looking plane or whatever they run along the ramp and then oh like, yeah now like i know what you're talking about yeah yeah fly a little bit like it, it's That's hilarious ridiculous yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's like it's really fun to watch and it becomes like you get like the like lgbt team and like the like all the different teams that join and they it, it's kind of just entertainment value um, at the end of the day. But yeah, that was sort of the first event that they, um, that they started. And then they started sponsoring and organizing events for a lot of different sports. And it was all of these um, extreme sports. So you've got um, downhill mountain biking with the Red Bull Rampage. Um, they've got Red Bull Crashed Ice now, which is like, a totally insane like downhill ice skating sport where yep. you have like four four people racing down a track which has like jumps and like ba- like berms and stuff and they're like sliding all over the ice and it's like totally ridiculous like i was watching a video of professional ice hockey players who like are very comfortable on ice and they were like going up to some of these jumps and like not being able to like send themselves over because it's like 
crazy scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's um, so that's one of them. They've got Red Bull X fighters, which is like a, a motorbike um, like stunt sport. Like, I don't know much about that stuff. Red Bull cliff diving is a really popular one. Um, they'll go out to like different sort of spots where people can do cliff diving and then they'll build instead of jumping off the cliff they build a big sort of platform with red bull branding on it and people go and jump off that yeah and then obviously yeah as i was gonna say like it's you're listing all these sports but you can literally think of any extreme sport and it's probably sponsored by red bull yeah Either the whole sport is sponsored by Red Bull or there's an event on the calendar sponsored by Red Bull or there's a team sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah, well, we were saying before, like there was, what, 500 athletes that are... that no, are it was spons- 500, 500 sports, I think it was. Was it? 500 sports. Okay. Um, 500 sports sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah, so the Selling Power article you sent me, that Red Bull supports close to 500 world-class extreme sports. Oh, no, it was athletes. Yeah. Extreme sports athletes that compete in spectacular and often record-breaking events across the globe. Yeah. Um, and here there's a quote from Matishes that says, we don't bring the product to the consumer, we bring consumers to the product. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, yeah, and it's you just... see, you see them, you see them branching out now too. Um, like I'm into, I'm into gaming quite a bit now. Yeah. Or was when I had internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they, they've started branching out um, to a lot of uh, gamers as well because you see that yeah. it's not just the elite um, people in sports that actually drink Red Bull or people who are studying or people who are partying. Like you've got these this whole group of people now that are gaming like gaming is huge yeah and you've got some really big names uh now being sponsored by red bull yeah and it's becoming uh like sort of i guess in the 90s and and the 2000s it wasn't wasn't super cool to be a gamer yeah but now it's becoming like far more accepted and well, it's becoming a very normal thing to, well, to got, be a gamer. If you've got Red Bull sponsoring them, like Red Bull is a cool brand. <laughs> so if yeah. you've got Red Bull sponsoring, it's like, yeah, guys, this is cool. Yeah. Like it's... Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, and then obviously some of the sort of more prominent sports, um, the Red Bull Air Race yep. is a very it's prominent a sport. One. That they started. Um, Massachusetts was actually a pilot. Um, and um, so they started the Red Bull Air Race. Um, and I think the the most impressive one, at least to me, is the fact that they own two Formula One teams. Oh, yeah. Um, Completely and I've been, skipped over that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been watching... There's a new Netflix documentary about Formula One, which is really, really good. Um, I'd recommend. I think it's like ten episodes. I'm like nine episodes in. Um, it's really, really top notch. And yeah, they they own two Formula One teams. And those Formula things are One, expensive. Like yeah, it's like known to be like one of the most expensive sports in history. And like it's sort of, it's a sport where just to just to play, 
is like to be in it is extremely expensive like you're talking tens of millions of dollars if not hundreds of millions of dollars yeah and to be competitive it's like tenfold yeah and they've won four world championships yeah it's absolutely like it's like this is like you're you're talking about competing with the likes of ferrari and mercedes and mclaren like big historic brands who are selling products that in some cases are worth millions of dollars and have been doing so for like a hundred years yeah well i think i think one of the most impressive things for me red bull was red bull stratus yeah and and the jump that felix made from the stratosphere it was like it was something like 128,000 feet up which yeah. is about 30 i think it was 39 kilometers yeah. and they set a whole bunch of world records and sort of furthered science in that in that area because it took a lot of a lot of science to actually make that make that possible yeah like the guy that was, the guy that was insane the guy was free falling for four minutes and 19 seconds like that's absolutely mental that is such a long time yeah and he, he like think about that he reached a speed that broke the sound barrier so he actually hopped oh out god. at 1173 kilometers per hour <laughs> oh my god yeah i think about that speed like falling for for like four and a half minutes you said yeah like that is like that is so long it was such yeah. a long, long well, time. Even if you, f- you you fall for a minute, you wouldn't even realize much because the distance that you get towards the Earth, like it, it wouldn't change too much. It'd be like, oh, no. have I just been floating here? Like, yeah. Like think about like when you're working out and like you're doing something like you've got like 15 seconds left, and it's like takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> like four four and a half minutes just to be like literally falling towards the Earth. Like this is one of like people's most elemental fears is falling like from heights and he, he yeah. does it for four and a half minutes and breaks the sound yeah. barrier and this this thing like it was done so well like it was so heavily publicized and covered yeah. and they live streamed the entire event so yeah I, i'm not sure how many people actually viewed it live but i would i would say a quite lot. a bit yeah a lot yeah millions millions and millions yeah yeah and it was what's and like interestingly like like red bull obviously get behind it and they fund a lot of it and it's called red bull stratus yeah like it's it's when you talk about it you talk about red bull stratus and so you've got just this association with red bull doing these things it's not like like you get other stunts like this that happen yeah but they're not branded. Like yeah, well, that. I mean, if if you were to say just Stratus, people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And you said Red, Red Bull, Bull Stratus, Stratus, and they're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, so if if Red Bull just sponsored it, and maybe on his, um, like, spacesuit, there's Red Bull on it. Like, you get sportswear, there's, like, the little, like, sponsorship. They sponsor a team or whatever, and then on their jersey or... Um, on the car or depending on what sport it is, you have like the logo on there. It doesn't create that brand awareness like what Red Bull are doing. 
and they're pumping so much money into like their their sports sponsorship. Well, I had a look at that. They have the Red Bulls Major League um, soccer stadium in New Jersey. Yeah, and it costs two hundred and twenty million dollars. And that's that's an advertising project. Yeah, they built they built the entire stadium at two hundred and twenty million dollars. That's insane. Mental. Like you, but, and they they own like three different soccer teams or something, or five five teams I think it was. Yeah. Um, and they've got three different stadiums. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, like, yeah. I think the reason why they're able to do this and sort of get away with spending so much on these projects is they've been a private company the entire time. Yeah. And, and they don't feel any pressure from, you know, their investors or board members. They can kind of do what they want. Yeah. Um, and that, and that allows them to be like, they don't have to be completely efficient with their money. They, yeah, they can like go they out can, and they can go, they all can... right, let's, let's go blow $200 million on a stadium or a hundred million dollars on a formula one or something like yeah and if it doesn't work out they don't have shareholders breathing down their neck um looking to vote like vote out the ceo the next yeah and um, i think i think it's to their culture as well like they do these things because i mean it's fun and exciting and it's cool and and it kind of permeates through the entire company like i personally i reckon it'd be pretty cool to work at red bull yeah, it would be. Um, I think you'd, you'd like, be doing some like interesting things. Like he seems, he's he seems like a very relaxed guy, and everything that I've read online was he the the way he runs the company is, is exactly the same. Yeah, like um, I'm just looking quickly at the Red Bull careers page. I'm going to see what they're hiring for. <laughs> quickly um, submit an application in there. Yeah. Um, so I want student jobs. I'm guessing they probably still have student like ambassadors. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. That, that so would they be have pretty cheap. Oh, that's interesting. They've got um, so you go on a student jobs page on their website. Yep. And they've got a, a brand ambassador, um, but they call it Red Bull Student Marketeer, which is interesting. I don't know why they don't call it marketer. It's called marketeer. Um. And then the well, you click on the page and it's got like the words get wings, give wings, which is a bit yeah. weird. <laughs> um, get wings, give and wings. And then yeah, but it's like lots of eyes in there. Did um, you do you remember the, the with that whole thing with the court case against Red Bull? Yeah, yeah. So was, I think that, that was, was in two thousand two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Um, they got there's a class action lawsuit where a bunch of people do you, do you know the result of that yeah they ended up paying um paying out the the class really yeah oh. um and i actually like i was wondering because there is definitely still branding like about say, the I whole red Bull gives you the wings, wings. But, I, but i think you know maybe they have a little asterisk next to it saying you know it doesn't actually give you wings yeah um on the can that I've got here, it doesn't seem to say anywhere that it gives you wings. Yeah, it's it's quite a ridiculous um, um, bit of a ridiculous class action, I, I believe. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. guys! Like, it's not obviously 
going to going give, to give, you, give wings. you wings. Um, it's it's one of these. Um, it's there's quite a lot of court cases that happen with things like this. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit ridiculous, but yeah, on the can here it says at the bottom of the can it says vitalizes body and mind. Okay, so they just changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's where it's, it used to say it gives you wings. Yeah. I mean, it was such a cool slogan. Very catchy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they, so they, you can get a job as one of these brand ambassadors. I'm actually kind of interested. It would actually be um, a, a, a quite a good, I think it'd be quite a good job. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be really like interesting. It, it, and you're out and about too. Like you're not just sort of sitting, sitting in an office all day. Um, like you're yeah. out and talking with people and you're out in the sunshine and I don't know, you're always at. You're always at these exciting events or yeah. events, maybe not so much exciting. Like, f- for example, O-Week, um, we're at these O-Week events. It's more the atmosphere. Like, you're at least yeah. in something with a good atmosphere. Yeah, and you'd be like going not, out to sporting events. Um, like, you're not going to see Red Bull at a funeral. So No, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's. Um, they also have, obviously, graduate roles um in marketing and sales it's a very cool website i must say if you want to if you want to look at like cool websites go to red bull website um but i yeah i'm I'm, just, I'm really interested i want to know how i get like the job of being the guy who jumps out of the um, hot air balloon <laughs> like is that is that a job they hire for like i, I want to do that yeah or like yeah, like obviously they'll have the jobs in like the teams, like in the Formula One team. Obviously, you can go and be an engineer or whatever in that team. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting company. Um, what do you think of... The, obviously, there's, there's the competitors now in um, Mother and Monster and V. Why do you think they aren't so pervasive as Red Bull is? I think it's just the branding like you red bull is is branded as a premium energy drink like it is it's usually more expensive than all the others oh it's much more expensive um so usually when you go for an energy drink uh you basically you want you want to get the biggest kick you can like you you're going to an energy drink because you want a big kick yeah and you you're thinking okay well if I'm going to get a kick I might as well get the biggest kick I can so I'm going to get a red bull sort yeah. of thing like it is although i kind of like generally think about it the other way like if i'm going like because i kind of just assume like all the products are exactly the same yeah like okay. red bull and monster like they're probably exactly the same thing yeah. so i like if i actually want to go and buy an energy drink i'll buy like because like monster have the huge cans oh yeah yeah so i'm like oh i'll buy that one because like i'll just drink it and i'll get more more energy from it i think i think it's it might be something to do with the can size itself so you know you had those three ounce cans at the start in in uh thailand and i remember when i was over there they were pouring these these little tiny shot things and i looked at it and it had the red bull branding and i'm like i think that's gonna kill me like <laughs> when, when when you have something so small you think okay it must be really really potent potent yeah um, so when they drop the size down to hundred mil, I'm like, it's going to kill me. Yeah. Um, but also I think when I think about the like monster branding and V branding, it's very intense. 
Like you get what I mean? Like it's very like the the cans are very there's a lot going on on the can. Oh right, it's yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. very sort of like intense brand, and so you and you get like the they obviously also do this sports sponsoring stuff, um, and you you get that like they they're sponsoring. I think it's either Monster or Mother. I get the two confused. Who sponsor mot- like motorbike? I think like it's motocross Monster. and stuff. Um, yeah, like they have like the hat, like the, like the like flat style hat that is very much a part of their brand. Yeah, and they sponsor like, obviously like the jerseys and whatnot. They've got like the big M, but it's like you know it's like it's not a clean font. Yeah, like it's it's almost like I, I want to say like a flame, but obviously it's not a flame. Yeah, but it's got like the like wavy edges and stuff, so it's very intense. But like looking at this can I've got here, Red Bull, it's very clean. Like the the font is very clean. Um, the can is just in four quadrants, silver and blue. Like it's a very like sophisticated looking drink. Yeah, and I mean you're right. Like a lot of these. Energy drinks are exactly the same. Like the ingredients are exactly the same. You sort of just got a bit of variation in flavor, and yeah, I guess I guess it's just been their marketing. Like I, I'll admit, you know, I've been somewhat brainwashed into thinking that Red Bull is the best yeah. energy drink out there. Even though you know Monster or Mother or any of these others like V, they would probably do the same thing for me. Um, yeah. But I guess it's just but being Red Bull is... brought up with Red Bull. Yeah, and like when you and when it's... you when you go out, right? Like you go out to a club. Who is getting a Monster and vodka? Yeah, you, it's you, kind you, of like you're getting you're getting a Red Bull and vodka. You're not getting these yeah. other energy drinks. Yeah, it's it's like, and I think in some some cases you'll go to a a club that is sponsored by Monster. And you'll you'll go and you'll order a like vodka Red Bull, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's Monster, okay." <laughs> like, like because they don't have the Red Bull. It's like similar. Like you go to a somewhere and you order Coke, and they're like, "Oh, it's Pepsi, okay." Yeah, yeah. Because like you know, it's kind of like a similar thing. Like Red Bull is the premium, yeah, brand, and it's like the the standard. So like you think you think energy drink, you think Red Bull. Like you think cola drink, you think Coke, yeah. Um, and like, there's obviously the there's a there's a hundred examples of of that sort of market positioning that they don't necessarily have the biggest portion of the market, which I think Red Bull probably does. But yeah, they they would still have a dominant market share, surely. Yeah, it becomes so ingrained in like an energy drink is. A Red Bull style drink. Like, you know, have you seen, especially on Facebook recently, there's been some drinks popping up where they're like, I think one of them is called like Focus Plus or something. Oh, really? Um, no, I haven't seen that. I, I, I mean, you, you look at you look at the V energy drinks too. Like they've, the can, I'm pretty sure it's the exact same sort of dimensions as a Red Bull drink. Yeah, because it is. you associate can is very similar. You associate the the energy drink with the the shape of the can as well. Yeah, 
Although I did notice they have um, V have a bottle now, like a glass bottle that you can buy. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, which kind of it's yeah it's interesting like it is a an interesting like marketing because I I went to buy some today just so I could have it for for the episode. Um, and I saw the V bottle. And I was, oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm actually interested to try it because, like, one of the things about Red Bull is you don't really know what color it is because like, it's in the can. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I think it's like a yellowy color. It's a it's a golden kind of yeah, kinda but like color. that. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what color it is because you just drink it out of the can. So yeah. it's interesting that V uh, they've made a color that looks appealing. Yeah. And they like they're selling it so you can see the color of it, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting um, that Red Bull have been able to like position themselves in the market that because obviously energy drinks are like they're so obviously bad for your health. Yeah, like you're you're coming to the table with a a product that is just terrible for you and you don't need it. Like even Coke. I think have an easier sell yeah because it's like oh it's yeah it's bad for you like obviously like there's all the sugar in it and whatnot but there's not that medicinal quality to it that makes people question it yeah kind of it kind of tastes like chemically like it it like the red bull itself it doesn't taste natural at all no and Um, it's yeah i think like the because it's giving you energy and it's supposed to give you energy like that's not a natural energy no is it's really uncomfortable and like obviously a lot of parents are going to question well should like should my children be drinking this energy drink Um, yeah like it it is a very like obviously this this can't be good for you there's just no no way it can be good for you and i'm trying to sell this to you and so i think that on one hand, you've got Monster and Mother and V who are kind of embracing that. And they're kind of embracing, oh, it's, it's not good for you. Like, we're embracing the counterculture of, like, yeah. the like the, the really sort of the people who are, ri- like, riding motorbikes and sort of not fitting in yeah. to the, like, conservative culture sort of. Whereas Red Bull is doing both at the same time they're sponsoring these sports so that they're getting that side of the market but they're also able to get the professional like professionals who want an energy boost because the can looks like looks presentable yeah and so i, think... I can see a, a like a soccer mom has to wake up and take their kids to a sports game or whatever like really early and they're going to pick up a Red Bull over a massive can of Monster. Yeah. I, my friend, he was actually, he had a couple of, uh, I'm not sure if they were called board meetings or what sort of meetings they were, but he would bring, he would bring a, a Red Bull to these morning meetings. Yeah. And, you know, everyone else is in, you know, suits or whatever, and they're drinking coffees. Yeah. And he has a Red Bull. Like, it doesn't, it just looks off. Yeah, it looks in, off, in that, but also in that I environment. can... Also, I can see it being quite acceptable because it's a, it's small, it's discreet, it's yeah, um, it's not like big and like it fits into a boardroom. Like you're having your Red Bull because like everyone else is having coffee, you're having a Red Bull. 
Yeah. Um, and but he actually he actually switched, which he is switched an interesting to coffee. Thing. Yeah, so he actually forced himself to start drinking coffee because he didn't mm. feel acceptable for him to be drinking Red Bull in a in a board meeting. Yeah. I I can see certainly some types of companies. Yeah. Would it's be a totally hospital. like oh, it's a hospital. hospital. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's a little yeah. it's a little different, you know. See, I was I was like sort of envisioning like a a hedge fund or something. No. Um, <laughs> no. Whereas no. like in that environment like Red Bull would be totally acceptable. Yeah. In a hospital, yeah. I, can, I mean, you've got a see... whole bunch of health professionals and whatnot. Yeah, everyone would be ju- like judging you based on how like you're going to be giving them revenue. And... <laughs> yeah. So... I, was just, I was just thinking about before, actually, too. Another one of the things that Red Bull has going for them is, like, I know myself when I crack open a can, it's the smell itself. Speaking of cracking open a smell... can... You're about to do it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> you crack open the can and I'm instantly reminded of um, nights Petrol? out partying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like it would remind me of a good night out partying. Yeah. Um, and, and it happens every single time. And it's just the power of that that smell and, and, and its association with memory. It's just yeah. like when you listen to a song and you're reminded of, I don't know. Like whatever. Could be, could be anything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just the the distinct smell is like associated with it as well. That's I've just noticed something really strange on this Red Bull can, which is actually a really really smart thing. Is that the this like drinking spout, like the hole at the top, is yeah. rotated off center, so it's not pointing straight to the front of the can where the Red Bull logo is. It's pointing to the side of the can. So oh. when you drink it, and someone takes a photo of you drinking it. They can see exactly what you're drinking. Do you reckon that's done on purpose? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to go and check a Coke can because I'm pretty confident that the Coke can is probably doing that as well. I might, uh, I might after this episode, I'm going to go have a look at one of my cans as well because I've got a pack of Red Bull just sitting out in my kitchen. Yeah. I well, might actually both... go and check if see if they're all off center. Yeah. So it's pointing directly at the on the Red Bull can. It's quite clever. It points directly at. Oh, no, maybe it's not, because these two are different that I've got here. But they're both a little bit off-center. Anyway, that's quite interesting. You were talking about the memories. Yeah, yeah. So, I was just saying, like, just basically how powerful memory is uh, and smell are sort of linked together. Yeah. And Red Bull being one of the first movers in this space and... Red Bull sort of being a part of your one of your first experiences in, you know, whatever it is, whether you're just studying or you're, you're going out and you're partying or you're, you're, you're driving home to your family or something like that and you need a Red Bull on the, on the trip home. Like yeah. all these associations because of the first mover advantage, it, yeah. it's, it's what they've got over their, their competition. Like when I, when I crack open a V, I don't really think anything yeah. because, you know, I haven't had it enough. Yeah, and in, and enough, I think, in, in enough places for it to be an association. Yeah, and I think going back to what we were talking about right at the beginning is the reason Red Bull has been able to enter the carbonated drink market and compete with Coke is because Red Bull is very much a, a solution to a situation. Like it's, oh, you're feeling tired on your long drive home 
like get a Red Bull or yeah. you're feeling like you're, you're about to compete in a sporting event, you need some extra energy, get a Red Bull or you're wo- like studying late at night for an exam, like crack open a Red Bull. Like yeah. it's a solution to a problem. And in that case, you don't really need it to taste good. Yeah. You don't need it to actually perform the function really yeah it's not it's not really often like people are like yourself right now just casually drinking a red bull yeah like i I don't know of many people who sort of just drink it just you know for the taste like they they do it for a reason yeah they do it because they want that energy yeah anyway on the on the taste test um (laughs) it it tastes like red bull (laughs) It, it tastes very fake and manufactured I, I can't um, even point to what it actually tastes like. Like, I've got no idea. It's just like Coca-Cola. I have no idea what I can compare it to. Yeah, it's like, it's very sweet. I think extremely sweet. But yeah, it doesn't really have a a flavor that you can pinpoint. Like, it's... I don't I don't even think you'd, you'd be able to find it on, on the back. The actual flavoring itself? Yeah. Like, yeah, it says it's got... It'd be a... It'd be a mixture of stuff. It says it has citric acid in it. Yep. Which kind of makes a little bit of sense. Like you can kind of get that like orangey, not like orange flavor, but like that like acidic flavor that you get from an orange. Yep. And uh, like this and has no bearing so maybe, on, on the maybe company. Maybe they've just, just a, bit of, a bit of orange and a bit of petrol and there you go. You've yeah, got... some jet fuel. <laughs> and like, there you go. You've got, you've got your Red Bull. What's but, uh what's what what is Red Bull's market cap currently? What have they currently Um put? so obviously they're a private company. Um but I was looking at They'd be able to estimate. Yeah, it's estimated it to be. be something like twenty billion dollars. Yeah. Which is a lot of money. Um but I would imagine should it go public? Because the, the problem is I don't think it's taken on a whole lot of investors recently yep. like i think they're pretty well established well they've, which... they've they've funded their stuff all internally pretty much so they yeah. haven't had the need for outside investment which is yeah which and is good so so that makes it difficult to value the company because they don't have to disclose too much publicly about what they're doing and how much things are costing and how much they're making um and without an investor or an, like a, a funding round it's difficult to determine what the size of the company actually is, especially yep. when it's so big and they're doing so many different things. This is a bit of a speculation, uh, but do you ever think that they will go public? Um, do they do they have a need to go public? They, I don't see a need to go public for them um, unless they wanted to branch into a sport that required a ton of capital yeah but i don't know what sport that would be like they're basically doing everything like i could see if if this was pre um them being in formula one i could see the argument for uh, well we're gonna we're gonna start a formula one team so like we'll get or go public and raise the funds. But I think market appetite for what Red Bull are doing isn't great. Yeah. 
like you've got I think it's 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 a bit difficult for a company who is sponsoring extreme sports yep to go public and have shares publicly traded because if you've got any like accidents that happen um where people die or even if people don't die like you don't need outside investors reacting to that yeah 100 percent. which is yeah like obviously they're limiting their their growth opportunities by not going public but i think also if you're going to be like putting your brand on someone jumping from 30 plus kilometers up above earth it's like like the risks there are so huge yeah and you don't like i think red bull are kind of in this this lucky spot where like with the red bull stratus it went right so red bull got a lot of positive publicity but if it had gone wrong because they weren't a public company they wouldn't have to come and front investors um you wouldn't have big hedge fund managers or whatever talking about it it wouldn't land in the financial press too much and so if it had gone wrong they're kind of covered like they don't have to publicly deal with it and it's not going to hurt their brand so much yeah um like it's just it's something that didn't work and so like people are going to the the news story inevitably is going to be about the the tragic um story about the guy who tried this thing and didn't work yeah, out i think it would be it's, separate from red bull yeah it's not necessarily like going to be at all yeah like a red bull a sponsor like whereas if there's an outside investors and this happens well now there's going to be a a conversation about oh like do we really want red bull sponsoring these things in the future yeah um and like like because there's going to be some group of investors who want red bull to just be safe and just do your um like just do the formula one or whatever or your soccer teams where nobody's going to die um but Uh, it's completely antithetical to the brand yeah and i guess i guess my last question for you is what do you think is the future for energy drinks because there was a lot of publicity around, you know, people dying. Um, I think I, I think it was like in the last five, eight years or so. I can't remember exactly, but people dying from drinking too much Red Bull. Yeah. And basically, yeah. What do you think would be the future for energy drinks in general, not just Red Bull, because of the sort of health kick that we've seen over the past five years or so? Cigarettes are still around, so. Very good I don't, point. I, I don't think Red Bull has too much of an issue. Um, unless there was suddenly some contamination or something that happened in Red Bull that, like, really hurt the brand. Um, like, I don't... I just... Looking around, like, look at the products on supermarket shelves. Like, none of them are good for you. Yeah. Um, and I think currently Red Bull's just in the space that, like, at least in the next five years, they're not in a space that's going to be attacked. Like, so right now the vegan movement is really big. Um, and so companies who are doing stuff that requires animal products are kind of in a bit of a pinch where they've got to move to 
give a vegan alternative. Yeah. Um, and so like this, this includes like quite a lot of products um, where a vegan alternative is, is needed. But Red Bull is just all fake stuff anyway. So... Well, I've seen actually completely off topic, but um, there were vegan Teslas. What? Yeah, so basically oh, it was with just... no leather or anything. <laughs> it was just synthetic leather. <laughs> but it was called a vegan Tesla. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty smart branding. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's... that's something. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure. Would Red Bull be vegan because it's got the taurine in it? Like, how are we getting taurine these days hmm, i'm interested because I taurine, how that's manufactured yeah because taurine is called taurine because it was originally isolated from uh, from bulls so i don't know if we're still I d- doing I don't, that or i don't think we're milking any bulls so yeah <laughs> i don't know but like i, would, I mean I, would... I could see it being possible but yeah. i feel like on the scale that red bull is um producing at i feel like we've probably come up with a a synthetic way of doing it now yeah surely if if that were the case like you would see some sort of outrage at these factories that had all these bulls in them yeah i feel like the vegans would have picked up on that <laughs> by now not not to get political but i feel like if if they were going and like pulling like some sort of like enzyme or something out of bulls like there would, there would be yeah like major issues um yeah for sure but yeah, so I think the the energy drink industry I think is totally okay. Just like Coke's not going anywhere, um, and I'm sure there's people who have died from drinking too much Coke. I mean, Coke's not going anywhere, and cigarettes aren't going anywhere. I think it's just one of these these drinks that because Red Bull is so almost so disconnected from the drink, like in a way, like I feel like they could probably survive without the drink like or like i feel like they could go on and operate all their sports and not sell any drinks and they would be totally okay so if there was some weird thing that happened where something got um contaminated or whatever and a bunch of people died like they could just be like oh yeah we're not selling red bull drinks anymore yeah i wouldn't yeah i was gonna say like i wouldn't be surprised to see a Red Bull branded, I don't know, rocket or something. Like if they were to get in that space, like I just wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like they can do, like there's money to be made in extreme sports and there's money to be made now in um, gaming and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, They don't, they really, like the drink is almost just an auxiliary to to what they're doing now. Like they don't, they don't need the drink, I don't think. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I wanted to go and look at their financial statements and see what percentage of their revenue was from the drink. Um, but obviously, they're a, a private company, so you can't see that. But I feel like it would be relatively low. Well, not low, but it's not like 95% of their revenue is from the drink anymore. Yeah, They're making revenue in other ways. Yeah, I guess that's just what from viewing of their extreme sports. Yeah, so obviously they've got television rights to a lot of stuff. Um, they've got branding rights to stuff. So when you've got like the the Formula One team, for example, there are hats and 
like shirts and all the stuff that's sold as a like a branding device for the Formula One team. So for like the fans to wear. Yeah. And that's generating revenue. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm guessing there are a lot of sports like the um, the soccer teams would all have their own fan merchandise and stuff. And obviously, like these these soccer teams are, or like sports teams in general, are able to survive without selling an, any any energy drinks. <laughs> um, like there's a lot of sports teams out there, and they're not all selling energy drinks. So the sports teams could survive without without the drink. So if energy drinks in in general were to go away, which I don't think is likely, um, Red Bull would be fine. V yeah. and Monster and everything would be in a bit of trouble, but Red Bull would be completely fine, I think. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, no, that was pretty much it. I think we covered uh, a lot of stuff here today. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting company, and it'll be interesting to watch where it goes, um, if it does evolve into other things, or if it stays doing what it's doing, or whatever it'll be interesting to see that yeah and I, if I can it does only, one day go public i can only see it getting bigger yeah like they're they're, they're relatively young uh relative to like coke so I, I would like to see where they could get yeah i could maybe see them branching out like coke have done and creating other drinks um with like the power that they have behind them now if they made other drinks for other situations, they wouldn't necessarily be branded Red Bull. Like you've got obviously um, like Pepsi, I think own, like PepsiCo owns Sprite, I think. But Sprite isn't sort of in any way related to Pepsi. Um, or like, like well, you know, like all these, um, yeah. like Coke, there's Coca-Cola and PepsiCo. And yeah. they own all these. They own all like, of them. Yeah. But then they're kind of positioned as competitors yeah. to their own products. Um, and I could see Red Bull maybe doing something like that one day. Yeah, but, well, I, was, I remember it was like in year nine or something and I was in my first job and I was actually stacking a fridge. Yeah. And I was reading just the backs of all the cans and everything and I was surprised that everything in the fridge was Coca-Cola branded. Yeah, and that's actually an interesting... Even, even the waters were Coca-Cola branded. Yeah, and what these businesses actually do is they they get a deal with Coke or Pepsi and they're only then allowed to put Coke or Pepsi products into their fridge. Yeah. Um so well, that's why I, you that's why you notice when you go to like a, a convenience store or whatever um that they'll only have the one line of products. Maybe Red Cool can bring out something that actually neutralizes the effect of red bull so like say you're you're out you're up studying late at night and you need to study for another two hours but after that two hours you need to go to sleep so that they can give really you weird they give you something that now that neutralizes the taurine <laughs> that, that puts you to sleep <laughs> that uh, i think um i'm just joking about that so so you're, you're gonna get emails from from red bull when this episode goes out saying we need you <laughs> 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 we got what you want <laughs> yeah like come come work for us yeah yeah 
So I think um, we've, we've been going for a while. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting company. I think I, w- I want to do more episodes like this one where we talk about companies um, and just sort of talk about their history and the effect they've had on the market and whatnot. Or even just even just like like you were saying before with coffee, like I think it would be interesting to hear to hear about the history of coffee, yeah, or oil or you know any sort of large commodity, yeah, and, and sort of where it's come from. Yeah, so I think we'll try to do a lot more of those episodes in the future. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'd like that. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you guys have any questions about Red Bull, not health related. Because um, basically all health-related questions are, it's not good for you. Um, <laughs> we are not yeah. professionals. <laughs> yeah, we're also not professionals, but I'm pretty sure the docs is not going to recommend you drink Red Bull. <laughs> like, um, but if you do have any questions, um, drop them in the comments of the YouTube video and we'll try and answer them on a later episode. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>